With authority. Hello. Ah, beautiful Waikiki Beach, everybody. Wow. Welcome to the most must-listen podcast in various sports and the Hawaiian Islands. This is ABC7 Sports. With authority. Wow. Larry Beal is beachside in Hawaii. Full commitment to this podcast. Larry, I'm in an office and I'm extraordinarily jealous. What is going on out there? Well, it's about... 87 degrees and sunny. I would say winds are at about 15 to 20 miles an hour. Um, if you can check out the surf, uh, this is Waikiki Beach, and the waves are fantastic out there today. Usually in the summertime, you know, waves are kind of what we call ankle snappers, but uh, we're experiencing some king tides, and so the waves are probably, I would say, up to three or four feet. That'd be my just personal eyeball guess i'd have to check with uh, some experts but i mean i wish i was out there right now if i wasn't doing this podcast right now i'd be one of those people surfing these waves right at the beach uh, right along waikiki and uh you see down there is the sheraton hotel and the, the pink hotel is uh, the royal hawaiian hotel one of the most famous hotels in uh, hawaii history so um and here i am uh, sadly you have to look at me for most of the rest of the podcast is unless i walk way? along Put, like, the cell phone in a Ziploc bag, maybe, and then catch a wave at the end of the show? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> probably not likely. Uh, that's, uh, I don't know how much this phone costs, but uh, we'd be replacing it very quickly, I think. Because first I have to paddle out. Put I it on the Disney out. budget. Put it on, on Disney. The, oh, I, what is the With Authority podcast budget at this point? I think we're running on a severe deficit, actually, with this trip we just sent you on. <laughs> Well, I felt it was necessary to get away. I felt traumatized after NBA free agency and Kevin Durant's decision and all of that. So I just had to get out of town. I, I couldn't take it after after Sunday afternoon. I was just uh, I was not able to continue working after he decided to go to the Brooklyn Nets. Even though one of us did kind of predict in our last podcast that he was likely leaving while one of us suggested otherwise. You remember who said what? I don't really recall. I think you were the one uh, that predicted he was leaving. You were the pessimist to my optimism, and I thought he would take the money. He wouldn't take the money. He went with his It's interesting. How many people turned down $57 million guaranteed? I mean, you want to talk about, you like to talk about betting on yourself a lot. I mean, that is the ultimate in betting on yourself. But there's so much to talk about for, what is this, like our 14th or 15th podcast? 15. And every time we do every time we do one of these, we say, we're not going to talk about Kevin Durant this week. And what does every podcast turn into? The KD saga, finally it appears, coming to a conclusion. This will be the last one. And in a moment, we're going to rapid fire through all the rumors. We're going to flush it all out of our system. We're going to debunk. Or confirm maybe some of them, and then we're just going to say, I right, we're done. No more. We're moving on. Let me ask you this, though, nice. for topic number one. We look yeah. at the way that the Giants had their dynasty of sorts. They kind of tried to hold it together a little bit too long before the wheels came off. Is there a way that they maybe got a little lucky in a strange way that Kevin Durant didn't re-sign? Because... I think now they're really forced to go younger. I mean, it's bad that you lose Durant. It's bad you lose Iguodala. But they're going younger now, and maybe this forced kind of rebuild and reload might kind of save them in the end. 
Well, it sounds like you listened to me in our last podcast. That's what <laughs> I think is. <laughs> I never listened I, to any of these. I know, I know. I mean, it's, they're disposable. But remember, that's kind of the way I was feeling. Is like starting to look at just the fifty million dollar payment in year five at age thirty-five, and thinking, I'm not sure this is going to turn out to be great. Now, it, it is great for for Brooklyn because you become relevant when you've been irrelevant for most of the past twenty years or so. But I don't know. You know, if you look at the Warriors roster, and I have to say, um, for those of us that, that followed the team, it was a, a fairly traumatic, dramatic 24 to 48 hours when we first heard about KD leaving, and then it turns into a sign-and-trade, and then, oh, yeah, Andre Iguodala is gone also, and now we're talking about the Alan Smilagic Warriors era which I didn't think was going to happen this quickly, but it's it's interesting. They may be better off in the long run having more payroll flexibility, and they will get a fairly significant trade exception with the Iguodala deal. It's kind of like taking your medicine early as opposed to taking it later. I think this next season is going to be filled with a lot of growing pains, and you know whether they make the playoffs or not, who knows. Uh, but it's going to be a much different experience than – the team that everybody talked about being uh, guaranteed to be in the finals and why play the season and all those narratives that we heard the past few seasons with KD. You know what, though? I will happily take growing pains over Achilles pains and ACL pains and hand pains and knee pains, everything, man. Like, maybe this will be something fun to monitor and, and do going forward. I don't know. I still think they're a playoff team. And you know what? At least you weren't on a plane... When you learned the news as you were on your way to visit Kevin Durant like Stephen Curry was. Yeah, that was kind of an unfortunate set of circumstances and timing. And I don't know that it could have been avoided given, I guess, that Steph was coming back from Asia. But I think it speaks to his character that he continued on. He could have just said, let's turn this plane around. Let's get this jet turned around. I'm, I'm going back home. And he, he ended up going to New York and visiting Durant and just sort of expressing his appreciation for the time they did have together. But, you know, I think it's clear, and now we're getting all of these stories leaking out, suddenly Kendrick Perkins has become an NBA source of regularity with breaking news that uh, kind of makes me laugh because he's just throwing a bunch of stuff against the wall. I'm not saying that that everything he says is incorrect, but... There's all these narratives going on about now, you know, the latest is how, how KD and Steve Kerr didn't get along and the medical staff didn't do their job. And there's a whole litany of these things. I, I imagine that we're probably going to rattle off here. But in a moment, look, look, I don't I don't know that any of that really matters at this point. I think, uh, you know, if he had stayed healthy, they would have won three titles in three years, whatever he's searching for he didn't find it in the bay area with the warriors maybe it was coaching maybe it was ownership maybe it was that the fans didn't express enough love or affection i mean i i don't know i um you know it's always hard to know what motivates so maybe you know what you and i enjoy working together every day right mm -hmm. and so maybe it just comes down to something as simple as wanting to be around people that you enjoy working with and he felt that would be more of a of a joy with Kyrie and DeAndre Jordan in New York where his agent wants to be. So I don't know. 
we enjoy working together so much that you're doing this podcast from freaking paradise right now. I can't believe this. This is amazing. How are the waves? Oh, man, I could be on that wave right now. You could be on that wave right now. I think you should be on that wave right now with the Ziploc bag and your phone in your hand. Well, then you're just going to see my... Oh, oh, you wanted my hand? I want you holding uh, okay. it with like a Ziploc baggie so your phone doesn't die, and then you can you can catch a wave live on the pod. Okay, yeah, we'll work on that for the next pod. How about that? <laughs> all right, let's flush it all out of our system. I'm going to yeah. read a bunch of really quick rumors regarding Kevin Durant, and you're going to give me a rapid-fire take on them. Ready? Okay, I'm going to sit down. I'm, gonna, I'm sitting down you for this You might need to sit down for I this. Just, yeah. Okay, rumor one. KD did not see eye-to-eye with Steve Kerr. True. I think even though they lasted three years in this relationship, I think there was a constant struggle over what the offense should be. And we saw vividly, in fact, we, we talked about it quite a bit, when Steve Kerr at one point in the season got so frustrated, he said, we need to play with more anger. And then Kevin Durant five minutes later came out at his own news conference and said, wait a second, anger? I thought we were the team that plays with joy. So he was taking a jab at the coach there. There was obviously something going on between the two of them that, you know, if you just look at who went where, um, Bob Myers with the, the tearful news conference when we knew that KD had gotten hurt and Steph flying to New York, you could see the affection that, that they all shared together. Steve Kerr and Joe Lacob, I'm not sure, felt the same way, although Lacob did say they're going to retire his number. That wasn't really a rapid-fire response. I apologize. It's I'm okay. I, I agree with you, so <laughs> I don't even need my half of that. I did notice the exact same things you're talking about there. It did seem like there would be a lot of times where Kerr would come out and he would say something about how they need to play or what they need to do, and then moments later, KD would come out and say virtually the exact opposite thing. So I totally agree with you. Rumor number two, rapid-fire. Warriors rubbed wrong way by KD decision before Curry landed from China. Yeah, uh, I... I don't make much of that. I mean, he was going to release everything on his own timetable. And so, yeah, maybe they would have preferred that Steph touched down and they actually met. But it wasn't going to change the decision. I, you know, a couple hours here or there, I don't think it mattered at all. What do you think? I mean, I think it's kind of Bush League in a way that they couldn't wait for him to touch down and maybe just give him one last pep talk or speech or pitch or whatever it had to be but they didn't wait and he found out via cell phone i guess on the airplane which i mean he still did the right thing and went there but i mean it size doesn't seem all that classy is all i'm saying i don't know about that one no i, think I could see they're no, being but, offended by yeah. that uh, yeah but you know steph being the way steph is i don't think they all had to know look from the moment that the, the Draymond explosion occurred when they were on the bench in L.A. in that Clippers game, I think the Warriors all knew he was out. I think that's why that explosion occurred, because they felt like, hey, you're not even you're not really with us. And that was kind of the 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 undercurrent that the whole season uh, was kind of teetering on. And it, it just was the turmoil that lasted for month after month after month. And I, I think they all knew what was coming. It, it couldn't have been a surprise to any of them that he made the decision he made. All right, rumor three. Katie felt like it was never his team and didn't get that BFF bond that he always wanted in the Warriors. I, I, you know, I think there is some truth to that. I think he's, you know, we've talked about him being ultra-sensitive. And, yeah, I mean, I, 
to me, it sounds like kind of a, a silly narrative because when you join a team with Steph Curry and he's kind of the face of the not only the franchise, but for several years, the entire league, you know what you're joining. He came to Golden State to win a championship. And look, at the end of the season, people were chanting MVP, MVP for him and for Steph. So, you know, he was never going to be the ultimate golden child. Steph is always going to be that in the Bay Area for the Golden State Warriors. And so it would be the same thing as if Steph Curry went to OKC to play with Russ and KD for the Thunder. It was always going to be KD's team or Westbrook's team. It wasn't going to be like Steph would come in and, and the whole town would just fall in love with him. So, you know, maybe he felt that way, but I think it would be kind of naive to suggest that there would be any other outcome. Yeah, I mean, he was sort of painted as a mercenary. I mean, one thing that is interesting, maybe he didn't find the friendship there, but the business relationship sure did work. And you see guys like Clay Thompson who took a back seat to KD and he ended up not even making the All-NBA team, cost himself millions of dollars. Curry definitely stepped back and kind of let KD get comfortable. Uh, you saw Draymond being prepared to be bounced back to like the fourth guy. I, I think they all sacrificed, but maybe, yeah, it was more of a business-like relationship and he just liked the other guys more from a friendship level. I could see that. And it's from Marcus Thompson too, who's obviously aces on this beat. So I don't know. It's just, it's sad that I think in a way, maybe this was all like the fans and the media narrative that kind of got jammed down his throat. It was always him versus Steph at all times, no matter what, even though they were on the same team, it was always like he could never measure up to Curry, even when he was playing better than him. And, you know, I guess that's something that just aided him. And you also saw the jokes that were made at his expense during the last parade. Uh, I don't know. Maybe yeah. it just got under his skin. Yeah, I mean... You know, as we look back at that parade situation now, and I know uh, Tim Kawakami in The Athletic uh, reposted his article from that day. As we look back on it, you know, that was probably not the best moment for the franchise with Bob Myers joking and, and Fitz joking. I, again, I don't know how much that really impacted him, but for a guy who's that's like if they would have just lavished all this praise upon him, would it have changed anything? I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just I just can't believe that that would be the overriding factor. I think he, he I mean, there was the one story that he had he and, and uh, Kyrie had decided before the season even began that they were going to team up. I don't think anything was likely to change that. You know, you mentioned Marcus. Um, he wrote a great article about how Steph and KD were great on the court together, but maybe didn't develop the closest personal connection because Steph has got three kids. He's a family man. Draymond, who at one point was really close with KD and helped recruit him. You know, he's got a kid now. They're they're all off doing their other endeavors and their own family things. And he doesn't have that and didn't have that in the Bay Area. So maybe maybe that was a part of it. I can see that. I mean, I have two kids. They keep me crazy busy. The easiest part of my day is actually coming to work, believe it or not. And, yeah, I rarely ever hang out with my friends anymore because by the time I'm done with the kids and, and done with work and the pod and everything, I end up just exhausted, and I don't even want to hang out with them. So I could absolutely see that. Curry is busy beyond belief. All right, rumor four. Not so much a rumor, but lastly, Kevin Durant's jersey should be retired. It's going to happen. Joe Lacob already said it. One thing that came up out of this, though, was what about Iguodala? And they can't really say anything about him yet, so that's not a big deal. But does 
Kevin Durant deserve more than just a jersey retirement? Did he deserve the jury's jersey retirement at all? Mm. I'm kind of torn on that one. I would tend to say no mm. myself. I mean, I would lean more towards Andre Iguodala for a jersey retirement, only from the standpoint that Andre was a foundation piece when the Warriors franchise was teeter-tottering, searching for relevance in the league. And he was the first significant free agent that came to join the squad and kind of got it flipped around and, and, and started the, the forward momentum. By the time Durant arrived, and granted, taking nothing away from the two finals MVPs because they probably don't win the titles without him, but the ball was already rolling. The Warriors had already won one title. They had lost in seven in the the 2016 final. So, I don't know, two titles in a three-year stint. If you look at what the entirety of Kevin Durant's career is likely to be, you're going to have the one year in Seattle, the following nine, I think, in OKC. This little um, mini chunk, I don't even want to call it a chunk. Oh, it's almost a stopover in the Bay. And then who knows how many years with the Nets and whomever else. It's almost going to seem like the, the Bay Area stint was a was like a layover on your flight when Kiki Beach, if that's what you do, you know, <laughs> like the Bay Area was was the layover uh, where he, he got a couple of championships. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think you have to be around long enough. Remember when uh, he talked about I want to see a statue outside yeah. the Chase Center and yeah. all that. We thought, oh, he's this guy's down for the longest amount of time possible. What, what do you think on the on the statue and the jersey? I think winning championships is everything. And I think being finals MVP in both of them is a huge thing. I think if you look at the guys whose jerseys have been retired in professional sports that maybe didn't even win a championship, I'd say 100% on the jersey. I okay. gave him a ton of respect for trying to get back out there and play before blowing out the Achilles. Yes, yes. Um, that was a completely selfless all-team, all-warrior move. That really did show that he kind of had the heart of a warrior, so to speak. I believe Mama Durant even said that, so... I would say yes on the jersey. I would say maybe even on the statue. I've been pumping up a statue for him this whole time, but I think Iguodala 100% is a statue guy. That guy yeah. helped this become a thing. KD joined We thing. should also point out that they can't really make any announcements regarding Iguodala until the transactions become official on July the 6th. Yes. And so I would suspect that that will take place after that date. Because Durant was a sign and trade, or initially it was just him signing. Actually, even that is not done yet. I mean, uh, none of these transactions can be done before the sixth. But he was leaving upon his own free will, so you could make that announcement before July the sixth. Um, so I, I think that's really just a technicality. Again, that was another thing that kind of got blown up in the media with people not really understanding some of the rules on on when you can announce transactions and when they become official. Yeah, and that was all nonsense. I think that Andre Iguodala is absolutely going to get something big announced for him as well the second they can do it. And again, you mentioned Kendrick Perkins earlier. He's the guy that really was blowing up that Andre Iguodala narrative, and it was complete garbage because they can't do anything. That's yeah, I, I think one of the things that, that all of uh, NBA free agency has revealed is just the incredible impact social media has now on the way the league gets covered and, and sports in general gets covered because it's a feeding frenzy of information. Uh, Adrian Wojnarowski has turned into, I mean, I mean, he was, he was always 
been a rock star. I've known him. We used to work together at Yahoo Sports. And, I mean, Adrian's Twitter feed is now, they should just pour gold on it. You know, I mean, whenever there's a Woj bomb, it's like the whole universe, at least the NBA universe, just stops. And so anytime one of these... Now, Woj, I don't ever question anything that, that he really puts out because he's that great of a journalist. Absolutely. But what's happening is you're getting a whole bunch of other people who don't have similar credentials throwing stuff out there, and then people hear it and run with it, and then it, it takes several hours before somebody who's more in the know goes, um, by the way, that's incorrect because, just like the whole thing, Durant's flying to New York. It must be because he's leaving. Well, his own personal physician, ironically, who is the Nets team physician, uh, did his surgery previously in OKC. But a lot of people were reading all kinds of stuff into that when, okay, his the guy that did his previous successful surgery was the surgeon he chose to do his second procedure. It, it makes perfect sense, but, you know, people run wild with every every rumor that's out there. Yeah, absolutely. Woj is kind of like the uh, lion that makes the kill. And then everyone else is kind of just like the uh, the buzzards that come in after the fact, and then the ants and all the other critters that clean the bones. Woj is the uh, he's the alpha, absolutely, and he's the apex predator. So are are we one of the ants? Are we we're, one of the ants uh, on the yeah, bones? Just, is that where just, we are? <laughs> we're just mere ants living on the uh, carcasses that Woj provides during NBA free agency. Now we talked about this really quickly earlier before we move on, though, but. Do you see, like, parallels here? I, I started to see some parallels between the Giants hanging on too long and the Warriors potentially trying to do the same thing. And do you think the Warriors are more sustainable than the Giants have been? Yeah, I think they are for a variety of reasons. Uh, one is you still have Steph Curry in his prime. Clay Thompson presumably will be in his prime once he comes back from the ACL surgery. And Draymond Green is something of a question mark because he's only got one year left on his deal and he's going to want a big new contract. But you're talking about three of your core pieces that are at the peak of their powers. With the Giants, they kept trying to hang on and hang on and hang on with guys who were clearly diminishing in skills. Although Hunter Pence leaves and becomes an all-star, which is kind of crazy. So, But everybody else... I mean, you, you look at the Brandon Belt and Buster Posey and Bumgarner, although he's pitched better as of late, and Brandon Crawford. you got a bunch of guys that are hitting in the 220s or in that range and just are nowhere near where they were in terms of production. With the Warriors, it's an interesting reboot that's going to take place now, and I keep saying, as bizarre as this sounds, and I don't know how the whole thing is going to go, uh, I think the first, like, 24 hours after the Durant thing went down, I uh, was looking at their roster and was somewhat horrified at what we were likely to see, but I think they've done a pretty good job of recovering and keep an eye out on my boy Smiley. Yes. The 18-year-old from I told you about him weeks you ago. You did, you told me about him and, weeks before the draft. And you know what? He I've watched all three summer league games, believe it or not, I'm sick. And uh Smiley Geach has he is throwing it down. He's 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 slamming Geach at this point. I like that. You should uh, probably trademark that. I haven't seen anyone call him that yet. That might be a with authority first right here live from Hawaii slash San Francisco. I think we should probably trademark it officially, and then maybe we can sell it back to the franchise to pay for this vacation I'm on. Slam uh, Because I think yeah, because uh, the, the brief story on him, and it's, it's fascinating because the Warriors, I think it was not Kirk Lacob, Kent Lacob, the other son, that saw him 
as a 16-year-old in Serbia, and the Warriors essentially flew him over here, set him up in an apartment, and he didn't speak a word of English, and they kind of nurtured him through the, the past you know couple of years, thinking that this guy might turn into a player. And I saw him, you know, it was in one of those bizarre situations where, you know, get home late at night, flip on the TV, it's one-something in the morning, and I'm just, I, the channel happened to be on, uh, the Warriors Santa Cruz G League team, and I'm watching him. And this, he had the game of his life. It was, I think, against the, the Lakers G League team. And this guy is dunking on everybody and shooting threes and making steals. And and I was like, who is this dude? I can't even say his name. And then find out from some of the Warriors people, oh yeah, he's this 18 uh, year old kid. He's a huge project. He's really raw, but we think he might turn into something. And so I've kind of been personally interested in his story and then there was you know they they because he was underage they had to draft him even though he was on their g-league team normally if you're on somebody's g-league team you're controlled your contract is controlled by them that wasn't the case with slamagich uh, because he was underage so they had to go through the process and they they, they were concerned they were going to lose him in the second round of the draft but now he's on the team and we'll see what all these and i also think willie collie stein could be an interesting pickup because they need a high-energy big man who can run, pick, and roll. God, we're like 20 minutes into this, and we haven't even talked about D'Angelo Russell yet. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? I think that you look at what they're doing with uh, – I remember Willie Cauley-Stein when he was drafted by the Kings. I was tasked with launching Kings pre- and post-game live for NBC Sports Bay Area at the time in California, and I got a lot of Willie Cauley-Stein in, and he was fascinating. It was fun watching him play with Boogie Cousins too because I believe they were both Kentucky guys as well, so they loved each other. It was an interesting uh, it was an interesting pick. They haven't made a lot of great ones, but I think he could be a good fit. Now back to the Giants thing. One parallel yeah, yeah. I see is – I used to warn everybody about this back when the Giants were at their peak. These guys logged so many extra innings in all these extra playoff series and World Series games that I was always telling people, look out for Kane, he's going to fall off. Look out for Lincecum, he's going to fall off. And now Bumgarner. But it's something that you have to be looking at because the Warriors, as you pointed out many episodes ago here, they've played more than an extra NBA season in this short span. And when you become a champion... Your demands on and off the court go way up, and you get worn out. And so I think there's a major fatigue factor that could be a problem for them, but I think the fact they're going younger and they've been forced into that a little bit is going to be what saves them. And, yeah, you know, Russell is younger. He's a younger guy. He could fit in with them. I don't know how long he's really going to be a member of the Warriors. I really see him as being a rental that they flip for something else or somebody else down the road. But you know, one of the, the the rules of management, at least in pro sports, is you never want to lose an asset for nothing. Yeah. And so even though D'Angelo Russell might not be the prototypical fit for the Warriors' offense, he is an asset that's flippable. And to control it as opposed to Durant going to Brooklyn and getting nothing back in return, that scenario, I know some people thought that would have been the way to go. But you, you would have had you would have uh, no reason to get rid of Andre Iguodala at that point. But you would have had Andre in his final year of his deal at $17 million. He's so fragile. He's, he's a 16-game player as opposed to an 82-game player. So his value would have been clearly diminished. And then you would have had the mid-level exception to, to bring back Boogie or somebody like that. By the way, Boogie, as we tape, is unemployed. 
and it doesn't seem like anybody even wants to give him a veteran's minimum contract. No, Never mind. To me. I mean, I, I think, and he just fired his agent, by the way. His yeah. agent, is, his former agent, is a buddy of mine, Jaron Akana, and I think he's so frustrated that he doesn't have offers coming in that he changed agents. So we'll see. Uh, you know, we we spent some time with him when Boogie was doing his comedy special. Uh, and uh, I really hope it works out for him because the guy worked really hard. I thought he did everything that he possibly could to try to rejuvenate his career and help the team. You know, he was a positive influence. And so it's unfortunate that um, that things haven't broken positively for him. That second injury really killed him. Yeah, and if you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube, go back to episode three. That's us with Boogie Cousins. We did about 15 minutes with him. Nicest guy completely nice absolutely yeah. hilarious i really want to see things work out for him he sacrificed he took less money to come into the warriors he got hurt he hurt his quad and then he pushed and got back in time for the finals i didn't think there's any chance he would come back for the finals after hurting his quad the way he did so i mean i think the guy deserves a lot more than he's getting right now i hope a team takes a chance on him now i was going to tell a story you're in hawaii i went to Kauai. there's a lot of chickens there roosters etc but I'm just looking at this background you have. I don't think I can talk about hypnotizing chickens. I think you got to tell me. I'm going to call you out on this. Tell me, like, give me your Hawaiian background. Why are you Mr. Aloha? Oh, my goodness. Let's go. Let's well, that's, a, that's a long it's story on a podcast. Chickens. No, it's not, actually. I think we should save that for another. Well, I'm going to be here Show next week. Show me around, then. Let's see. Week. Let's look around real quick here, then. Yeah, so we'll, we'll take the tour around this area, and hopefully the signal won't break up. But uh, this is what it's all about for the tourists in Hawaii coming into Waikiki Beach. And we'll walk down here, and I'll show you just uh, some of the waves. Actually, now that I point the camera towards the waves, it's flat like a lake. <laughs> it, <laughs> no waves. That, that happens a lot in surfing. You, you, you spend all this time waiting for the perfect wave and a lot of your time in the water is just spent sitting there and wondering when is the next set going to come in and you know what i'll say this some of the best times i've had with uh, my daughters have been just sitting on top of a board waiting for a wave to come in and you're just hanging out the water is so warm and the water is probably like 75 degrees it's just fantastic and so uh, i'll 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 give you a view down the shoreline here. You can see one of the catamarans coming in. And that's always a, a fun time. There's the Sheraton Waikiki down there. Uh, the Royal Hawaiian Hotel, which we talked about early. It's a great spot down there called Dukes, which uh, we frequent. And then uh, coming back this way, you can see these twin towers of the Hyatt Regency Waikiki Hotel. And uh, here's where my some of my buddies work, uh, Dive Oahu and Surf. I'm going to try to walk down. Casey, let me know if the signal dies out. But uh, we're going to take a walk, and I'll try to give you a view of Diamond Head. Uh, hopefully our, the Wi-Fi will stay intact. But uh, my family, uh, my dad moved out here pre-statehood, so we're talking about in the 1950s. Wow. And so that's why, you know, I have an affection for the islands because – this is where I spent the bulk of my teen years. And uh, let's see if we can get a, a look at Diamond Head here. I'm going to 
test the limits of the Wi-Fi on my own balance. <laughs> this is probably like really dumb. You need to watch but, this. Uh, if you're not watching this on YouTube, go pull this clip up later. Hi there. Excuse me. Excuse me. <laughs> and at some point, whoa, look out! Oh, <laughs> Larry's venturing out into Casey. the ocean Casey. live on the show. I, I don't know, Casey. It's a bad idea. <laughs> anyway, uh, one of the first rules of Ocean safety is do not turn your back on the ocean. Oh, that water feels so nice. But anyway, uh, you can see the view here. And I'm trying to give you a look at, at uh, Diamond Head. You see the peak of Diamond Head right there? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's actually a great hike. This is the wave that's coming for me, Casey. This could be my last transmission. This could be it. Oh, actually, I'm, I'm going to live. How far do you really want me to test the limits of this? I, I would get. This could, I would get back now. Oh. You're fully you sure? in the water. I just yeah. We're seeing people catch waves sure? at this point. I want to. I want to give you the full Hawaiian experience. This yeah, could I could just very, stay on this very... FaceTime call all night instead of sitting in this office. This is much better. <laughs> there we go. There it is. Oh man. Some great restaurants on that uh, in that hotel. That is. The sands. Oh man, that one almost got me. As I get farther and farther out on these rocks, the waves are getting a little bit higher, and so uh, yeah, clearly, yeah, this clearly is getting treacherous. Clearly, management would not be. Actually, they might be in favor. They say, "Yeah, Larry, one more step. You know, you got this. You just keep going, keep going. You got this." Uh, as you can see, the waves are flat right now. It's it's kind of died down, but this isn't bad, right? It's not bad. This is not bad at all. This is not bad at all. No. Oh, all right. oh, wow. Uh, okay, all right. All right, gonna, let's get you back to safety. Quit. Let's get you back to safety. Yeah, so that's 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 the story, the, the story in Waikiki right now. Um, <laughs> that was... I am... I am actually drenched, so I'm glad I took this other phone that's providing the Wi-Fi out of my out of my bathing suit otherwise that would have been the end of this phone but uh anyhow um you know we usually do a news item each week and i i found one in uh the the newspaper here uh you want to talk about that for a little bit yeah i'm glad you have a news item rather than becoming a news item just now when you went into the ocean <laughs> like that oh come on man <laughs> i run this beach bro uh <laughs> no it, it's it's a it's funny so I, I was looking through the newspaper, and I saw this story. It was originally out of the uh, Chicago Tribune. And imagine, would you would you go to a doctor who is 100 years old? Can you imagine a doctor who is 100 years old? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. It's I would a crazy story. Trust him to be steady, but I would at least trust that he knows what he's doing because he's made it this far, at least. Yeah, he has 75 years of practicing, and his name, I'm finding right here, is Dr. Daniel Nast, and he's out of Chicago, and he's been a practicing optometrist for 75 years. Insane. And uh, one of the interesting things in the story, well, yeah, it's crazy, and he still works like two to three days a week. He's semi-retired. When the story said he kind of went crazy, he was stir-crazy. He was just too bored. 
in total retirement. So he actually retired once about 10 years ago. Uh, I mean, he started uh, practicing optometry before soft contact lenses even existed. I, mean, I don't know what they had back then, but it, what he said was as long as you keep up with the technology, there's no reason to stop. And, and the, the story indicates that if you look at the average age of most doctors, optometrists practice the longest. Hmm. So it must be the easiest. It's got to be the easiest. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, oh, joking. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, I mean, you just keep adding more and more lenses to your glasses and thicker and thicker lenses, and you can go on forever. Yeah, if you check out the story, it was originally published in the, the Chicago Tribune, and I saw it in the, uh, the Honolulu Star Advertiser. But he actually, at one point in his medical career, was in the military and was stationed at the base in Los Alamos, New Mexico, where mm -hmm. they developed the atomic bomb. And so he would hang out at night with all of the scientists because nobody was allowed off base. What they were researching was top secret technology, so nobody could leave. So he was, he was hanging with those guys, and now he's uh, your basic optometrist and uh, uh, no sign of uh, retirement in sight, even though he's been practicing and he's 100 years old. He, I mean, you, you have to be in, in great health just to live to 100, never mind work to 100, but that's, uh, that's his story. Uh, by the way, um, I should mention while we're here uh, some funny stuff because you know how um, Sandhya Patel, um, the meteorologist, just for ABC7, we'll talk about king tides. Mm -hmm. We have are experiencing king tides in, in Hawaii right now, so people are not paying attention, and every once in a while you'll get uh, a huge wave break in and just wipe out everybody's belongings, and you can see one of the puddles here. There are people oh, yeah. Were, yeah, yeah. So it's, if you don't pay attention, uh, you end up part of the wave in, the, in a bad way, and so uh, that's what's going on here right now. But again, you know, when we started doing the podcast, uh, the waves were, they were pumping. And uh, right now it's, uh, it's kind of like Lake Waikiki. So um, things have died down a little bit. But I'm going to head back to my original spots since I think you've seen uh, enough of me. Yes, as we wrap up, I'll have to let you go. But, I mean, look around real quick and tell me, would you have a problem with retirement? It's ridiculous. This dude's working until he's 100? Come on. Just go to Hawaii. Well, I, I think I could, I could, if I was a surf instructor, I could probably do it till I'm 100. I, I mean, I could, I could do this. I you could change uh, your we name could just to do, Malu. We could do, yeah. My, my, my man Malu's not here today. I don't, I don't know where he is, but uh, he's he's a great surf instructor. But um, if this was my office, mm -hmm. I can do, I can do this to infinity and beyond. Well, if I we mean, get uh, podcast rich, this could be your office. Now that we've perfected well, this setup and you didn't fall in the water just then. Let's start pumping out uh, content on a daily basis from the beach, and I think uh, we're going to be onto something here. All right, I think well, that's got to yeah, be here. get Malu to sponsor the pod. Future. We need, we need a surf school to sponsor. We need sponsorship. We need sponsorship, yeah. Any, anything on the beach would be good. All right, brother. It's uh, It's been good chatting with you. Yeah, I, I want to go back to my uh, mundane life full of... Yeah baseball which i usually love but i would much rather be there surfing hey think about this since i left for vacation the giants are averaging what 10 runs a game yes they're kicking um it. i mean they're suddenly an offensive juggernaut and i should probably stay while they keep this production going because there might be some 
cause and effect with uh, you know with me leaving and them doing much much better. Well, so. the A's have also won four games in a row, so you are still in dire straits on our meatball bet. We will talk more about that Ooh. next Ooh. week when you return oh. from the oh, islands. That's, that's, I'll have that's a too nice, bad. A nice toasted. 24 inches of meatball sub waiting for you when you return. Now Beautiful. That you this is, about this that is, beach I'm, body. I'm going to be right here. Um, sun's out, gun's out. You know, you know it's, that's what we're up uh, up to out here. So, aloha, my friend uh, from uh, from Waikiki. Hang loose, bro. Aloha. With authority.